Welcome everyone to episode 7 of the Real MVP Podcast and I'm your host Modern Vintage Gamer. Now this month I have a very cool guest on the show. Now some of you guys may know that I was involved with the original Xbox homebrew and the Xbox 360 homebrew scenes doing emulation, homebrew, ports and things like that. And as part of being in that particular scene, I had affiliation with a couple of different scene groups. One of them notably was known as Team Avalanche. Now, Team Avalanche started out on the OG Xbox releasing dashboards, and the group then became a larger group of smart-minded people that were doing different things on the OG Xbox and then moved over to the Xbox 360. And as part of this affiliation with Team Avalanche, it also meant I had connection to the Xbox Underground, which was an international hacking group that was responsible for unauthorized access into computer networks such as Epic Games, Valve, and also Microsoft with their PartnerNet network. Now, if you're not familiar with PartnerNet, it was the developer version of Xbox Live where you could download pre-release copies of games in order to test them out for developer feedback and playtesting. But the Xbox Underground story is very well documented. There is a exceptional wide article that came out last year in 2018, and I will leave that link in the show notes below. And there's also a very good podcast known as The Darknet Diaries that has the entire story in a two-part series. But for this show, I wanted to bring on a very special guest known as Schizo. Schizo was a member of Team Avalanche and someone that I was very close with. He also was affiliated with the Xbox Underground and frequently was in Skype calls many times when the individuals were planning their next hacking attempts. So let's jump in and have a chat with Schizo and reminisce some of the old days and some of the crazy things we used to get up to. Very quick disclaimer, this conversation contains explicit language, so if you are not a fan of foul language, you may want to switch off now. So, can you tell the audience out there who you are and, and what your name is? Uh, Schizo. Um, you probably see me on Wired and a number of other other uh, media outlets, and I live up to my screen name. <laughs> Where did you get that that name, Schizo? Because everyone has uh, a, everyone has a, a name in the scene, right? In the in the uh, in the in the homebrew <laughs> or the community or the underground scene. Where did you end up with that name? Uh, so it, it's a it's a very um, personal um, um, name to me. Uh, many years ago, a friend of mine was very ill and uh, made a promise that I would not forget them. And they had uh, some mental illnesses growing up, and one of their nicknames was uh, uh, Psycho Schizo. Um, so I um, that person started calling me Schizo. Um, every so often because it was like, you're nuts for talking to me type thing. Um, and I've always carried the name, um, uh, adhering to the promise that I made to them that I would never forget them. Um, so yeah, that's basically how the name came, um, uh, came to, to surface and I've carried it ever since. Gotcha. So you and I were both members of team Avalanche back in the mm-hmm. day. And it kind of, I, I kind of stepped in after a hiatus, a, a, a hiatus from the OG Xbox days. I took like about three or four years off, and then I kind of returned. How did you become a member of that of that team? It all started with the Nintendo Wii. I uh, I was in contact with uh, uh, someone put me in contact with Howdy, and uh, you know it's it's like hey. Um, I have a I have a link with devs, you know, I want you to have a look at it, tell me what you think. And at the time I had some dumps that I provided to him uh, of some chips and kind of more or less say, hey, are you a legitimate type thing? Or are you a guy just looking for a kit? And I met up with his brother and the deal was he was going to give me a kit um, as part of, you know, the dumps that I provided uh, for him and some other crap. And he really wanted uh, a Wii at the time. And I had a link um, through EB Games here in Canada um, to get them. So I got a Wii and I met up with this guy that I never, I believe it was his cousin or something like that. I drove four and a half hours to God knows where 
and I met up with this guy, and and he's like, "You're schizo," and I'm like, "Yeah." He's and I give him the Wii, and he gave me this box, and it had a kid in it, and we went our separate ways, and I drove home, and uh, when I got home, I plugged in the thing, and I called uh, Howdy, and I'm like, "The fuck is this garbage?" <laughs> what the fuck am i gonna do with this piece of shit yeah um and that uh from there um uh i i took more of a of a role to you know enhancing a bit of security uh, with the irc room taking over the server um encryption and and that's when um i got introduced to you guys because um, I think at that time it was other you were kind of starting to come back but not really there yet yep uh, not there full time I get air quotes full time yet um, but the, the regulars were there that I got introduced to right and the story goes and, and just just for the record right or just for the for the audience not for the record we're not in we're not in court but for the audience when you say howdy you're talking about Rowdy Van Cleve correct Howdy Van Cleve, yes. <laughs> You'll never say his name, aren't you? Will you? His Howdy. real name. <laughs> I returned because Rowdy, I knew from the original Xbox days, and he really liked the work that I was doing on the OG Xbox. And he really, really liked the port of Killer Instinct that I did. I was in a scene group at the time, Complex, that was releasing, you know, releasing wares, cracking games, doing trainers, doing utils. And our biggest competition at the time was Project X, the release group, which is also, you know, Callisto, Echelon, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're all, it's the same group, right? So yeah. they got, they got, so our biggest competition got busted in 2004 as part of Operation Fastlink. So the group that I was in, uh, complex we had a red button basically so we all used to hang out on a private irc server and as soon as that that raid hit the yeah. leader le- the leader of the group said we're done you'll probably never hear from from me again but if you do someone will we'll, we'll reach out to you like in six months and that was it i was like that's it i'm i'm out i'm done i'm not i don't want to do this anymore this is not this is not what i want to do like i was going through um uh you know buying a house at the time and you know there's there's a lot of personal shit going on at at the time real life shit right life shit so i'm like well if if this is not a wake-up call to (laughs) stop what i'm doing stop this stupid shit then i don't know what it is so uh that that was pretty much it for me at that point yeah i remember calling a, a good good scene friend of mine when the raids were taking place and she picked up the phone she's like i cannot talk to you right now and hung up and i later found out that um uh she got a she got her door kicked in a few days later um you know at five in the morning because for whatever reason u.s law enforcement loves five in the morning raids yeah and uh, that was the last I heard of that person. Yeah, I don't know if anyone that I I was connected to did jail time, but uh, you know it was no joke. You know, people people got in in heavy heavy water. You know, it was it was no joke, man. But you know, for me, I, I stopped doing it for a while, and then one of the things that was going on was that IRC channel that that I used to hang out on which is the one that you took over and, and kind of tightened up. I was always idle on that channel. I never left that, that channel at all on Fnet. And mm-hmm. every six months or so, I would log in just to check messages. And every six months, Rowdy would send me uh, a PM saying, yo, are you interested in getting back into the scene? We're doing some cool stuff on the 360. And I would just ignore it. Like I would ignore it like, for two years, I ignored it, right? And then sometime in like 2000 and I think it was 2009 or 2010 was when Redline released the port of MAME on the 360. And that got a lot of media attention, if you recall, on mm-hmm. on the big sites. Mm-hmm. And I thought, motherfucker, he's, he's doing this to make me want to come back. I know he is, right? 
<laughs> because at the time, the JTAG was still not released to the public. And yeah. he would send me a message like a few days after the main thing came out. And he's like, yo, we really want you to come back. We're doing some awesome stuff right now. I've got a, I've got a dev kit here waiting for you. And that was it. I'm like, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's see what this, what this can do. And that's how I kind of ended up getting back into the scene. And I didn't really, you know, I never really had plans on doing it, but he was very, very insistent. You know, he dangled that carrot in front of me. And I guess that's, that's what he did to most, most of us. You know what I mean? And, and that's how I ended up getting back into the scene. That was, that was my way back in. I, I came back in and, and I was very adamant with, you know, I have some hard lines and uh, I didn't want to get pulled back into it um, just because I, I was so jaded of, of, of the past and, and boy, was I wrong on that on how, how deep I was going to get pulled into this crap. But yeah, to your point, it was always dangling this carrot of just for us. And because uh, when I came in, um, then you know the communication channels were were open and 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 myself and you and red and and a number of other people um friendship friendship happened you know i I went to howdy's house twice yeah and I want to talk um, to you about that in more detail because <laughs> i i want to know i want to know how you ended up at his house twice I, I, you know it's friendship <laughs> um, you're talking to and you know better than me um and, and I'm sure you can co-sign this, you end up talking to seen people more than your family. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're at work and you're talking to them. You get home um, and you do the, you know, real life stuff and you go back and you're plugged in and you're talking to them. So you end up speaking to these people more than your real family. Um, and bonds are created. Yep. And, 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 you know, it came up where it's like, hey, you know, come to my place. Like, you know what? Fuck it. So the first time I flew to to, uh, to see Howdy, um, and it was a trip. Um, you know, his house um, is incredible. It's a beautiful house. Um, and every room had devs. Every single fucking room had, had devs. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, and here's my garage and stacks of fucking devs. And it's like, and he opens... Uh, um, a door in his garage and there's more devs and he's like look up in in the uh in the uh, little makeshift shelf that i made on on around the garage and it's just fucking devs and he's showing me all these motherboards blue green red um prototype boards and i was like pig and shit and it was a great time um you know i was there um you know this huge house party uh, met a lot of his friends, met his, met some of his family. Um, and, you know, it, unbeknownst to any of us um, that it was going to turn very sour. Yeah, I was working on um, uh, SNES 360. That was kind of the, the first thing that I was working on when I came back to really just to get a handle around the OG, uh, sorry, around the 360 stuff. But what I wanted to, to mention was that when I was working on that port, there were some folks that were testing it out and you know there was you and there was a couple of others in the group that were kind of regulars. But all of a sudden, all these other names started cropping up that were testing the software that uh, Rowdy would, would say, hey, I'm going to have my buddy test this out for us. You know, he's a cool cat. And the thing that really raised alarm bells with me and kind of the point um, from what you were saying earlier is back in the old days man not even not even the old days back like three years four years before in the og xbox days you had to everyone was vouched for someone had to vouch for you you know you can't you can't bring new people in unless everyone says yep he's cool i know this dude i vouch for him so there was all these new names that started to appear in the IRC channel. And there were all these new names that were testing my homebrew stuff and my emulator stuff. And I didn't know who they were. Names like MTW, Sonic ISO. These guys were actively getting involved. And I was, even from the beginning, 
I was like, this this doesn't feel right to me at all. I don't know who these people are. I don't know who's brought who's brought them in, and I don't trust any of these people with anything. And it, that was really the first time I kind of got a taste of of kind of the 360 stuff that was going on. You know, for for a couple of years, um, it was just, and I hate to to sound like a broken record, it was just us. What we didn't know was how he had this secondary group, a very loose group of a younger, um, younger generation um, that was extremely talented, with the exception of, of Person A, because that guy did fuck all. Um, there were a few um, people there that were that were really, really sharp, really talented, and you know it was a new source to sell kids to. <clears throat> um, Red developed this tool. Um, that you were able, it, it basically was a, uh, um, a sniffer on a network and it would find depths if it was connected to that network. And if it found it, you were able to get in. And even if the content was running on the machine, you were able to pull from it. So myself, uh, Howdy, and another individual that wasn't part of the scene, but they were connected to me decided to go to this gaming event. And at that time, I was really good with with some PR people. I was able to get into a lot of gaming stuff and, and a lot of industry slash press only people. So Red gives us his tool and we're like, fuck it, you know, let's go. We have nothing to lose. Well, we'll see if anything's connected. Um, if something's connected, cool, we'll grab it. But it was always the assurance that, you know, it, well, yes, it was theft, and, and you look back on it, it could have been a very, very bad, bad scene. Um, be, um, we never got anything because why the fuck would anyone in their right mind have a kit connected to a network when you're doing a demo? There's no need for it. Um, <clears throat> but um, we... Uh, we went to these event. We went to this, these events. We went to this one event. We tested the tool. There was nothing on the network, um, but it was just one of those. You know, I, I walked around that whole event uh, wearing uh, the Avalanche logo, and I remember industry people looking at me funny, and one guy from EA is like, "I know that logo," and it was that stupid grin of like, "I bet you fucking do." <laughs> um. <laughs> The tool worked great. I remember testing it on uh, my home network. I had like seven devs going on at the same time. Um, the PGR stress test, you remember that? I do, yep. And and I was pulling it, and the, the, the consoles did not miss a beat. That was the origin, if you will, of what ended up being the PAX event with Person A. So Person A essentially tried to emulate the same thing. Justin David May... Person A, a.k.a. MTW, yeah, try to emulate that. The weird thing about it was his ability to scam. And even though he was being watched by the FBI, how he could scam. And, you know, he had shit sent to Canada. I never had shit. I never, my, my, my address never went through him. We had each other's phone numbers. And when the shit in the border went down, I called him. And, and he's like, uh, and I'm like, you fucker, you set him up. He goes, before that shit happened, we were in a group chat. I said, do not go to Niagara. I'm like, have him come here. Have him meet you in, in the Canadian side. Because it's a lot easier for him to come to the Canadian side and come back, go back to the States, than it is for you to go there. And then you're going there without fuck all. And all of a sudden you're coming in with something. It's going to be a thing. Have him come here. I don't trust him. Um, and he had an excuse as to why he couldn't he couldn't uh, do it. I called MTW. And I said, I know you fucking set him up. And mark my words, I'm going to reach out and touch you. And he goes, no, it wasn't me. And they're coming after me. And, and I'm like, and I'm going to get right with you soon. Don't worry. And that was the last time I, I spoke with him. And then after that, he ended up getting himself in jail. And yeah. He's currently in jail with a number of other charges new charges which is fantastic i remember uh, i was at comic-con san diego and gears of war 3 was being 
uh, it was about a month from being released and Cliffy was there and Major Nelson and Microsoft had set up camp at one of the bars just outside of the convention center. And I went there and I got to hang out with all those dudes. They were showing off all the latest games that were out at the time. And this was when the Kinect had just started to... <laughs> the, the original Kinect just, just was starting to come out. So there was... They had these like big, like at the time at least, 40-inch screens with like Fruit Ninja and some of the early Kinect games that they were yep. trying to pedal. But I remember sitting at the bar in a uh just in uh, in a booth and they had 360s in every single booth and they had like these makeshift little monitors in there and yeah. i remember the 360s were kind of encased in plastic and they were bolted to the to the table and i took a closer look and i realized they were dev kits and <laughs> i thought to myself i could easily right now try pull an mtw and and if i had a laptop i'm pretty sure i could get xbox explorer or xbox sorry xbox neighborhood connected up and take everything off this machine right now and it really made me wonder even though microsoft was clearly knowing what was going on and and took measures to stamp some of this stuff out i had this kind of feeling that they didn't really know how to contain some of this stuff it was just so out of control i don't i don't think they expected anyone connected to to the scene to also go to these public events after person A. Right. And also, you don't want to admit that you have a problem. At the time, everything was great for Microsoft. 360 was 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 doing was doing incredible numbers. Um, Live um, was a money maker for them. They were still making money. And when you're still making money, it's okay to overlook the sins. The, they had a problem. They had a FIFA problem. That they that EA and Microsoft was ignoring. Um, they had a partner net problem that they were trying to address. And while all that shit's happening um, in the background, you also have to still be jacked as shit that this game, that Cliffy, um, um, you know, Cliffy and his fucking cake and his stupid fucking chainsaw gun have to do the act. And everyone's got to be stoked about it. Meanwhile, there's a fucking forest fire behind them. The Xbox original was really easy to hack. You know, it was probably like two months after it had been launched when Bunny figured out how to sniff the, you know, the the, the key from the, the data bus and, and crack the firmware and everything. Now, Microsoft really ramped up security big time on the 360. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, the weak point was PartnerNet. I mean, PartnerNet was an open... In- if you had a dev kit, you didn't need any type of credentials to log on to PartnerNet. There was no whitelisting going on, at least not in the beginning, right? At least not for the first X number yeah. of years. If you had access to a dev kit, anyone, you could create your own profile and log in to PartnerNet. You had access to a prepaid credit card on on their system, and you could download anything you wanted as much as you wanted on any given day. How how does Microsoft do this, considering they spent millions of dollars? Well, in in your opinion, how does Microsoft leave PartnerNet exposed, wide open to anyone, when they've spent millions and millions of dollars on Hyper-V or hypervisor level security on the on the system architecture. Because Microsoft didn't expect a bunch of fucking idiots to get a hold of the console. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not really a wrong answer, is it? It's it, it, you know, they really did not foresee that. But it's like and, anything. And I mean, if you have the keys to the to the car, right to the to the sports car you're going to jump in it and start driving it, right? I mean... If you, if you have keys to the Lamborghini and you have yeah. Lamborghini tunes fucking queued up, yep. you're going to go for a ride. One of my biggest memories of PartnerNet was playing Trials HD with the devs. So we get on there <laughs> and I'm sitting there playing Trials HD with the developers of the games and I'm like beating all their scores. It was It was hilarious. And I'm thinking to myself... 
am I doing something illegal here? Should I be doing this? But every, everyone was like on the headsets. Everyone was having a, a good time. So I just thought, fuck it. This this seems like it's it's normal. So I'm going to let it go. And it was it was crazy thinking about it now, you know? No one expected guys like us to to be there. And, and I don't think anyone in their right mind, um, in hindsight, would fucking jump on and expose ourselves the way that we did. Our, our level of exposure was through the roof. When I was working on SNES 360, I added achievements in the game. And that was probably one of the dumbest things I ever did. Because little did I know when the JTAGs came out that idiots would be connecting to live and achievements from a non-certified non-approved piece of homebrew was showing up when you would view their public profile it's cool to be edgy and hey you know i I, i'm a hacker and all that stuff but for me that really got me a little little spooked because i thought this is this is a potential audit trail that could come back to me you know what i'm saying um it didn't in the end fortunately but it was something that I, I immediately regret once it was released. You know, we had a false sense of security. Yeah. We didn't expect stuff that we were doing to also be shared to people that we didn't know. And, and I always believed in this, and, and I will forever believe in this, where when it was our group, I wasn't too concerned because we never we never made noise in front of the dragon and we always believed that Microsoft knew of us. Their team obviously knew, um, um, what the fuck was up because you have these random fucking IP addresses connecting to partner and playing these fucking random games together, but nothing was ever public to our knowledge. Well, I mean, I've, I've got, I've got emails from Microsoft employees saying love your work keep up the good work you know mm-hmm. publicly i can't say shit but we we see you guys and you guys are doing a good job keep it up you know what i mean like yeah. th- there's definitely a code there there's definitely some res- some mutual respect we there we didn't fuck with them and they didn't have any reason to fuck with us right that came later that's that's the part that really when i think back I just think about how insane all of us were, you know, and obviously more more individuals and others, but any of us could have gotten picked up for doing, you know, any of this stuff. And I think, you know, my question to you is when MTW got busted at PAX, yep. how were you feeling at the time when when that happened? I mean, you must have been I I can tell you I was I was a little nervous myself. I didn't feel like I was in, in any danger. But so just, just me, the fact that me, I was connected me, to these people really, really kind of worried me. So I want to know what, what you know, your mindset was. I got the call. And, and, and I, told, I told Hadi. I told all of them. Um, because I had a very old, old scene way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the moment someone is touched, you don't, they're dead to you. And, and, and I've said this time, time and time again. They're dead to you. You cannot associate with these people. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what they're saying. So I was told that, and I, and, and I told Howdy and you guys, listen, if you guys have any inter- interaction with him, you don't anymore. Mm-hmm. He presses for something, you don't fucking know. And I told the New Bloods the same shit. It was, I, I, it, it turned into waiting. When would they come? And, yeah. and everyone that we knew started dropping like flies. Were you, were you questioned at all by any authorities? or? Yeah. I knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, so when Diet Coke, Miles went mm-hmm. to Australia, um, I knew what was happening then. Um, and I had a communication with Day um, during that time. I, I always had what I always we always kept kept each other informed of what was going on. And this was and and, and Diet Coke was before the the um the border incident mm-hmm. um but they were making they were they were making the rounds and call of duty didn't help 
the barn video didn't help. Can you fucking joke? Can you tell the audience about the barn video, what it is, and and how it all came to be? It, so it's the, the Halo leak. Um, it was done in in a shack in somewhere USA, and uh, Yang Kong is the lead <laughs> vocalist of uh, of a tremendous historic video video that the gaming industry and the scene itself is not ready for we and i remember we were playing that game for fucking months um on dev yeah yeah it's it's crazy how how long we were playing some of these games before they even got released like it it, it it's just one of those things where it was just a part of the whole experience playing on PartnerNet. You know, it, we we just didn't even think it was. De- you become desensitized to it. It's exactly. Just another day. But if you go back and think about it today, it's like, what what the fuck were we thinking? You know, like we're leaving we're leaving an audit trail every single day being connected to these to these games. That on any given day we could be basically get a knock on the door, and saying, "What I the fuck are you doing?" It, what made matters worse. Um, was the the tools that were created for constant refreshing yeah to show hidden um because they knew because they started hiding shit um i remember there was an afternoon so this was uh because we had the password to take over accounts um um, partner net accounts and i remember i stumbled i was looking for the remake of um, Super Street Fighter um, HD Remix. Mm-hmm. And I found a dev playing it at, at Capcom. And I don't know if it was Capcom USA or Capcom Japan. I'm like, this is going to be great. He has a fucking game. I'm just going to go on the download and pull it. And I pulled the, uh, I took over the account and didn't, didn't find shit. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Buddy jumped onto another Capcom account. And Capcom devs, for whatever reason, they always have fucking Capcom. And then I guess other their testing number or their employee number. Yeah. They always have that shit in there. And him and me and this individual did this for about a half hour until I guess he gave up or thought something bad was happening. Um, but I could never pull it. And I did that with... Capcom, I did that with um, a couple of Rockstar people just to see if there was anything that th- yet again, to your point of how fucking stupid we were, I was I was taking over accounts as they were as they were in use but they had no fucking idea what was happening, because I think at, I don't know how we got the password but we had the master password to take over all all accounts. When you ended up with a dev kit from Rowdy, from you said his cousin, you know, in exchange for a Wii. When you first plugged in the 360 dev kit, can you describe what you, how you felt when you first logged into uh, PartnerNet and took a look around? When I initially logged in, I, I think I anticipated something more than 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 what it ended up being. This thing where it was going to be fucking utopia. And it just ended up looking like Xbox Live. Some of the cool things um, that was like, holy fuck, this is incredible. Um, playing uh, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare with the Infinity Ward guys, and they had no idea who the fuck we were. That was um, that was a lot of fun. That was fun. Um, I remember when Bad Company 2 came out, and it was on a weekend. It was a Saturday. I remember this because I was in Howdy's house and we were playing. And we jumped in online. And it must have been a test or something like that. Because this person kept kicking us out of the game. So we, we made um, uh, a lot uh, uh, an account. I think it was like M, M uh, Nielsen or whatever the fuck. And when we went back into the game... Buddy spawned a car and then started driving us around the world. Um, so, like, cool shit like that happened. Um, it just turned sour when Howdy's weird obsession with getting everything. 
Um, <laughs> to a certain extent, me releasing Arcade Edition trailer didn't help. <laughs> yeah, um, that, see, that was the thing, right? I mean, like, all this stuff was going on with with the the authorities, but none of us really seemed to stop doing what we were doing. Like, we were still on PartnerNet, like, downloading the latest game of the week and making the biggest, videos the and shit. The biggest thing was Epic and my boy Cliffy. Yeah. And none of us were really involved in that. Everyone was oblivious to that. Yeah. I don't think you guys actually had any fucking idea of what was going on. Like you, man, I, I didn't want to know. I mean, I knew shit was going on, but... I did not want to know. After MTW got picked up, I started distancing myself. And at that point, it wasn't fun anymore. It was getting really, really serious. I mean, I talked about the Operation Fast Break um, bust in 2004. This was that times 10. You know what I'm saying? This was, this was, holy shit. Like at this point, I'm you know, 30-something years old, I've got a, a family, a mortgage, everything. I'm not jeopardizing any of that stuff. You know, I'm I'm getting out of this immediately. And that's that's pretty much, that was it for me. I mean, me tweeting at Rockstar employees about fucking um, Grand Theft Auto shit didn't help either. <laughs> right. I mean, oh. and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we, all of us were not really using a lot of common sense i guess a lot of the time just kind of showing off and and you know there, screenshots with, and and shit like that videos there was um and one of my favorite alt and this this will be my favorite memory of 360 well i was going to ask you actually that was my next question you know uh, i want to hear like the best memories that you had um during this time game spot they were doing a live video game preview and one of these maniacs found the game jumped in the fucking game and warped the the live stream and and the developer was talking about the game into an unreleased map that was still unfinished <laughs> and the backpedaling that fucking took place on the live stream it, it was fucking unreal <laughs> it was it was incredible that's the type of shit that was going on it, and it was so out of control um, because when we were on partner net and shit like that, there was never any fear because it was just for us and we would play together and we would get content and none of that shit ever hit a torrent site. None of that shit ever went public. Fuck. No one even released videos uh, and game trailers um, back then. It was very, very controlled, and we had it controlled. We never, only until later, um, that, you know, we figured out that, oh, so that's how all these kids are coming out and, and, and into the wild. Because Howdy would be, you know, giving us a just for us fucking spiel and the speech of, hey, you know, it cost me money to get these things, you know. I'm just, you know, we got to keep the the scene going. We got to keep keep our research going. Come on, buy another kit, buy another kit. And he was selling fucking. He was having these idiots. You know, I think the deal was if you sell four kits, you got one for free. Right. And a lot of these kids were fucking um, peddling on 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 other sites. And and the worst fucking thing about it was this motherfucker would sell these kits. And he would have other people's tools on it. And he would fight Red's tools. um, The other Australian guy. (laughs) um, 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 His loader. And he would always put his arms up in the air saying, I don't know. It it didn't come from me. Didn't come from me. And it was just a web of lies. And that's the, the, the worst part about all that is the web of lies and and his ability to keep information from people which he was really good at yeah um and the only thing that he didn't really anticipate was for people to start talking with one another when i was making a video on the 360 maybe 
maybe about six to eight months ago, I logged into Xbox Live on the 360 and I actually brought Trials HD up because it was on installed on the hard drive and some of your scores are still there <laughs> on the leaderboard, which was which was hilarious to me. So I'm sitting there playing Trials HD like 10 years later and I see your ghost, you know, trying to trying to beat it and you still sitting you still got like really good scores on there, which was which was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I, I remember when all this shit was going down cuz my retail collected dust. I never touched my retail. Oh, none of us did, man. It was all I peanut, agree. right? I mean, yeah. Like the games that I remember, the standouts for me on peanut and there were, look, there was so much shit on there that was was crazy. But to your point, I mean, you had to kind of dig to find it. But I think for me, the standouts were when they released Radiant Silver Gun, like on Peanut. Mm-hmm. That was on there for like a whole year before it came out on retail. When they did like Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, yeah. the perfect dark port. Remember that? That yeah. was that was like, holy shit. Yeah, they pulled it. And the one that... The one that got away, which I, I really, really wish I got to play, was the Golden Eye Beta, which obviously yeah. you know Nintendo that, that we had, and it was lost due to a personal conflict. There was so many smart people and so much cool stuff that was going on, but ninety nine percent of it was behind closed doors, you know, just mm-hmm. internally because there was so much cool stuff going on inevitably someone was bound to expose or leak or or reveal some information there was no way this thing was ever going to contain itself you know what i'm saying it was it was just too big and there were too many people that were involved and when you when you're sitting on all this really cool stuff you, you know that your human nature and your behavior is to to tell someone about it and i think that's ultimately what how how it all kind of started free falling and how things really started to, you know, to to get into a tailspin as far as, you know, the shit that happened after. So what are your thoughts about that? It's a difference when it's being exposed to us because we understand the nature of it. And everyone that I've mentioned, we never did it for a dollar. You never held anything hostage for money. Right. You did it because either A, you wanted to do it and you wanted to see if you could do it, or B, you did it just because Howdy pissed you off enough to fucking do it just so... He was shut the fuck up. Right. And I barely made anything yeah, yeah. ever, right? Like everyone else was, was capitalizing on my work, which really, really used to bug me a lot. But I kind of got over it because, you know, there's always some some jackhole that's like selling a JTAG with SNES 360 and Final Burn and, and a thousand ROMs on it, right? For like 400 bucks, right? So those guys are capitalizing on the work that you've done. That really, really used to bug the hell out of me. But I quickly realized, look, there's nothing I can do. I'm either, I either, I either stop doing this or I yeah. don't. And, you know, that's really what it comes down to. But I personally didn't make anything really. So for me, you know, I, I was a little taken aback by these new, new kids that came in. What about you? I mean, when, when you were first introduced to, person a and and sonic and and these guys what was your thoughts and and feelings and and how did you get connected with them i got connected with them oddly enough through howdy we were sitting around talking one day and i'm like hey guys just out of curiosity how many of you guys heard the just for us speech (laughs) and the anger that (laughs) took over in that conversation and then everybody's sharing their story on how um, they, how much they had to pay or what they had to do to get dev uh, to get a dev kit, and it was fucking insanity. You had some people that paid seven hundred dollars for a fucking kit. Once all this shit really started coming to a head in 2010, after the MTW got got busted at PAX, it wasn't much longer after that when. We woke up one particular day, turned our kits on, and they started flashing red, and we were getting remote bricks. Now, you were obviously someone that was a part of this. I was 
I had one dev kit at the time. My kit got bricked and I was very confused as to what was going on. I thought maybe it was because it was a piece of shit Frankenstein kit anyway, but it it was, you know, a Jasper kit. It There was no reason why it would have died. It had error code 0022, which is not something that is hardware related. So as it turns out, Microsoft were remote killing these kits. Can you talk about how many kits you personally lost when that happened? So like you're talking to somebody that got a kit as a wedding gift. Um, that was my wedding gift, a fucking dev kit. I think that that um, afternoon I lost five kits. And I told Howdy, I'm like, we, 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 have, a, we have a problem here. They're on to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's and he was nah it's old shit and, you know you gotta yet again here comes the salesman and um, you gotta get some newer kids you haven't gotten a new kit in a while I I've I talked to people even today that had a small part Dude. of the 360 and his name keeps coming up as the guy that sold kits to people like I I know contacts that work for game developers in European countries that that mention his name and nothing surprises me anymore with with this it, it the net expands so far and wide that even you and I I don't think can comprehend how many kits he sold to so many people in so many countries around the world he had basically a salesperson in every territory and that's no joke every fucking territory he had someone selling kits for him he was always in salesman mode. Um, he got a hold of connects, prototype connects. He tried to sell me one. And I said, <laughs> well, what's the difference between this and a retail? And we I, we had a, a, a friend of ours um, examine it. And he said, there's no differences at all. So I said, well, so- I, don't, I don't want this. I don't care if it's a prototype. It's exactly the same. So... He sold some of these. These uh, he tried to get me one. And I'm like, I'm like, no. I, I actually ended up getting two retail connects for twenty bucks off eBay. I'm like, why the fuck am I gonna get more? This thing's shit. Um, and he's like, yeah, but it's cool and blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. And remember, I have fucking kids coming out of my ass. The last thing I want to do is add more garbage to the fucking pile I'm already collecting. And um, <laughs> we were talking, uh, at the, me and the, and, and, and I guess the, the new bloods, if you will. And they're like, yeah, how do you send me this fucked up connect? And it's giving me a fucking headache <laughs> um, um, every time I have it on and, and all this shit. And, on, and then I later found out, which I told them, that he was getting these things in fucking pieces. And he had idiot fucking Speedy putting them together and just Frankensteining all of these fucking connects and then flipping them for a pretty penny. I think he wanted like three or 400 bucks for them. If, if Peanut was sealed shut from the beginning, then there's a good chance that I'm not going to say all of this stuff because there still would have been some stuff that happened. There's no doubt about that. But I would say that a lot of this stuff would have been mitigated or not even, a, even an issue for them yeah yeah a lot of you know getting trailers and games and shit like that you know um wouldn't have wouldn't have been a thing i mean kits get leaked all the time right and collectors um, want, want dev that. kits and, and all that stuff i mean that they want you know they want it for their collections i mean i know yeah. collectors that have pretty much every dev kit from every system ever made and that that whole side of of the dev kits is is interesting too because those people don't necessarily give too much care and attention about what what they can do as far as turning them on they just want them on their shelf to look nice you know yeah and they'll have a, a weird demo that they'll play yeah or that they'll show off um i remember for the longest time we were like oh fuck the the pgr3 stress test mm-hmm um, let's see what we can get. I remember I sat for hours on end. I had a box of prototype hard drives 
going through them looking for something new. Yeah. Um, and it was all the PGR three stress test um, ex- executable um, that was on there. You've got you've got good memories and you've got bad memories. I mean, do you still keep in touch with any of the underground people today? Yes. Um, the underground. I don't know where that name has come from. I don't really know where it's come from either. Um, I I kind of did some digging on it, and I don't. I think why it just must have come up with that name because I don't. I don't think it it came from anywhere that I know of, at least. We didn't have a name, right? Um, it, it yet again, as I said, there were so many of us, and every week we had a different name. Um, you know, one of the lot, one of the, and I told the wired guy that, um, and, and I told other people this. Um, you know, the longest time we were we were running with the name "fuck bitches get money." We actually had email addresses with that. Um, it was that live fast, die young yeah. um, mentality. I, I keep in contact with um, with almost everybody, mm-hmm. um, and I keep a very close eye on person A. Any last comments or words before we uh, finish up for tonight? Sorry, Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, If you had your time again... Would you do it all over again, or would you just uh, do a, a a huge kind of beeline around the whole thing and just completely ignore it? I do. I do it all over again. You know, as, as much as, as there was bad, there was a lot of good. I agree. I mean, I think I think that's why we kept doing it, right? I mean, yeah. you know, there was there was a lot of shit, but there was also a lot of fun. You know, hanging out, I, I hanging think, out on peanut, playing games with everyone, and just r- chilling with everyone, and playing uh, COD Modern Warfare two and three on Friday nights. Yeah, it was fun, man. Playing Halo, Halo, um, Rainbow Six. Um, it, it was, you know, and and not even just the games, but it again some some of the uh, the friendships made as well. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for for hanging out tonight. It was it was fun. Oh, hey, thank you for uh, for setting this up. It's it's been a blast. To go down to the-